Very good. So those of you that weren't here last week or whatever, we have been doing questions that you guys put in. These are all questions that you guys ask, and we're just doing a couple weeks of Q&A. We're just seeing, putting in questions, and then we're just answering them according to God's word. Does that sound good? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it got real fun last week. How many of you guys had fun? Like, I felt like we were in a comedy club. We were laughing so much because God was just bringing joy and releasing it in here. Isn't that good? When we learn something new, and instead of being like, oh, I should have known that, there was freedom of like, wow, this is awesome. This is going to change my family, my community, or whatever, you know, my thought process. It was good. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and we work together. And you can see I am a type B personality. This guy's type A. Uh, that's the Wait, opposite no, way. No, A is like all like, right? No. Which one's reserved? B. A. See? A. I know my thing. I think you're full of it, Jordan, but, you know. <laughs> These A's stick together. So I think it makes it more enjoyable. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't you start us out? I've been talking a lot. <laughs> That's our relationship. It's good. Well, let's pray. Let's pray first. Yeah, let's pray first. Father, we thank you for this day. God, we ask you for you to release wisdom. Um, into our hearts and minds, God, give us revelation of these questions and answers today, mm-hmm. God. And we thank you that thank um, you, as we dive into your word, as we um, look into your word, God, it will reveal the secrets that you have laid out for us to find. And we just thank you for this day and let us have fun. Amen. Yeah, that's good. All right. So, uh, yes. Yeah. The first question or the eighth question, depending on when you were here, is uh, what is the importance of communion? How can it be utilized in the church and personally? And personally. And personally. Like that. So, a lot of people, I think, don't even realize that we can or should be using it on a personal level, like in our homes or or things like that. So, yeah, Yeah. it's good. You want me to read all that? You can. Okay, well, you you got what you got. (laughs) I was a a scripture. You're going to read the scripture? No, you read the scripture. Oh, okay, I'll read the scripture. (laughs) Sorry, we weren't quite sure on this. We we planned this out completely. So, we do um, plan it out, but you really, you like to just fly. Yeah, I don't it's really good. go by plans. Come on, let's hear the word of God. Today. All right, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 26. It says, For I received from the Lord himself what instruction I was passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is offered as a sacrifice for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So, just to clarify one thing, when he says this is my body, some denominations, some beliefs believe that when we take communion, that it actually turns into his body. Nope, sorry, it doesn't work that way. It and in really scripture, it says it represents my body. Represents. This is all an, it is all a, um, an act or a routine as a representation of his body, not that it is his body. Um, he says, do this in remembrance of me. Remember me. So when we're doing this, it's not like, oh, we just do this to do this. It doesn't work that way. Just doing the act is just an act. But when we do this in remembering what he's done for us, remembering that his body was broken for us, mm-hmm. is where it starts to change our thinking and it starts to change our mindset. Yeah. Um, and then in verse 25, it says, in the same way, he, after the supper, he took the cup and said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood, do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Mm-hmm. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're symbolically proclaiming the fact of the Lord's death until he comes again. So... What was this? I can't remember what translation this was. Was this the message? That's Amplified. Amplified, okay. So the Amplified is adding these little sub uh, parts into it, and it says symbolically. That's not part of the scripture, but it's it's referring to Jesus saying, do this. Explaining what it is. Referring to, do this as a symbolic gesture of what I've done for you. 
I think everybody wants to put this huge thing on communion that it is such a, an important thing, but really what it is is it's it's important for us to remember most of all. I mean, it is it is be reminded a, it is, what Jesus yeah, did. We need to be reminded. I think sometimes we take for granted what what Jesus has done for us, the healing mm-hmm. that He's done in our lives, the the sin that He's taken away, and I think we need to to not so much focus on the act of it, but the remembrance of what, what it is. I've, I've taken communion without anything. Yeah, when she was um, sick, when I was she sick, was I was like, commun- let's take communion. She's like, we don't have communion. I'm like, take communion now. Yeah. And so I just remember putting my hand up with the, with the cup. And he's, he's praying, healing, and what, what Christ did and, and, and his body. And I, I'm just doing this. And, and we saw healing from that because we just had to, I just had to be reminded that, you know, Christ paid for this. And I know that he did this for me because he said he did this for mankind. We call on his name. Well, and that, and and I think a lot of, you you can go ahead with that. No, you got, you got Oh, I'm going to do the whole thing. Good. Yeah, do it. You got it. Okay. So Jesus did it and he was basically saying, this is um, my body. This is my blood, which Mm -hmm. was spilled for you and broken for you. And he's saying, I'm coming back. But I think when we, when we talk about that he's coming back, I think we can get caught up in the, routine, in the ritual of communion, and we can also get, up, uh, get caught up in um, the, the act of what we're doing. And it, it needs to be a spiritual thing and a physical thing to yeah. remind us. Because if we get caught up in the act of it and, or just the spiritual part of it, we're losing the, the meaning of it. We need to do that physical act and the remembrance of, of what is happening with that. And he's saying, I'm coming back. You guys are going to remember, you're going to do this to remember what I've done for you. So when I come back, it, it will make you more grateful. And I think as we take communion, sometimes it reminds us how, how to be grateful for what God has done for us. Well, and the things communion does do yeah. is God says it's a tool of intercession mm-hmm. because we're calling on the name of the Lord. You know, it's remembering what the blood did. He says it's going to bring heal. The blood healed all disease. It saved us from hell, you know, from death, destruction. This is what we're remembering. You know, it's a prophetic act. We're proclaiming that Christ is who he said he is. You know, that is, he said that I am the son of God. It's also, if you think about it, what is it? It's the covenant. If you look in scripture, it's the blood covenant that was in the Old Testament, but Jesus was the one who finished the blood covenant. Because, you know, if you look throughout the Old Testament, what they have to do every so often, they had to slaughter an animal, bring it to the temple, and they would offer it as a sacrifice. Well, Jesus said, this is the blood I'm covenant. The final. I'm the final sacrifice. I'm the, mm-hmm. I'm on, it's, my blood is going to atone for everything instead of a, a once a year. You know, think about it. You folks who have raised livestock, think about this. Once a year, you had to bring the firstborn that was unblemished and bring it to be sacrificed. Well, and doing this year after year after year to atone for your sins for that year. Kind of seems a lot of really religious, but now Jesus says, I'm going to break that system. I'm going to come. My blood is going to pay for everything. My everything. body's going to be broken for that. So you don't have to keep offering sacrifice mm-hmm. after sacrifice, letting blood and letting blood of, of innocent animals. Inst- of an- excuse me. And he says, sorry, about ready to cough here. here you, you cough. <coughs> excuse me. It just it does remind you of that covenant. And, and I think corporately doing it together, we do it every so often. When we corporately do it together, we're releasing all of those things that Jesus has done and reminding all of those things together and bringing unity into the kingdom. That's what doing it together does. Yeah. You know, and doing it alone still does all those things, but is a personal thing with the Lord. So we can do it on a personal level yep. and a corporate level, and it benefits the kingdom both ways. So you're benefiting the kingdom when you're doing it just with you in the Lord, and you're benefiting the, the whole body 
when we do it together. Yeah. So that's good. All right. I hope to answer. So, and you else? can use an, and I think you can use anything or you can use nothing. I mean, it's really about, I think we just need to remember that communion is about what Christ did and who he is. Yeah, that's so. good. All right. So number nine, how can I clear my mind to focus on God? So that's a loaded question. Um, let me, let me say that's this good. first. Um, I added some notes to this. So yeah. clearing your mind is actually um, a new age practice. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes from a lot of uh, Middle Eastern practices of clearing your mind and getting everything out of your mind Nothing. so you can bring all the good stuff in. You guys ever tried to clear your mind? <laughs> you know, like, give me a, uh, an intense meeting or an intense situation. Like, I got to go clear my mind. Give me, give me 10 minutes. It doesn't work because you, you go out there and you're thinking about the exact same thing you got to go back into. The things you're going to say. The things like, I'm going to say clear that person, my mind. the way I'm going to talk to them, gonna, where I'm going to tell them to go and how I'm going to tell them to do it. So that doesn't work. So here's the thing is, clearing your mind doesn't actually work. Um, yep. It's, a new, it's a more of a new age um, practice because think about this way. Clearing your mind means there's nothing in it. If there's nothing in your mind, what can fill it up? It, it talks about, and I'm trying to remember the, the references, is Jesus talks about when um, the houses, the demons are pushed out of the body. It talks mm-hmm. about a house being cleared out. If the windows are open, it will come back even stronger. And the demons will come back even stronger. And so I'm not saying that, but listen, what I'm saying is, is the empty space is going to get filled with junk. Yeah. When we clear our minds, we try to clear our minds or whatever it is, it's going to be filled with junk. So what it really needs to do is to start to focus, not clear our minds, but focus our minds. And that focus means focus mind. on God. Yeah. Start to focus on his will, what he's saying to you. And when we start to deal with, okay, I've got to go clear. There's sometimes where I just need to compose myself, gather my thoughts. You guys ever had those moments where you just need to gather your thoughts because you don't know what you're going to mm-hmm. say and, or you do know what you're going to say and it's not nice and it's not kind. So you have to just gather your thoughts and start to focus. And I think when we start to focus on God instead of try to clear our mm-hmm. mind, clear all the thoughts out, we can start to focus on God and he, what he can do is he can help renew our minds. And, um, and I would say when we need to step away, clear our thoughts or whatever it is, we need to start to pray. Yeah, and it says that in Joshua 1.8. Yeah, so this book, in verse 1.8, it says this, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall read and meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything in accordance to with all that is written. For then you will make your ways prosperous, and you will be successful. So it says meditate. I mean, it's really big on the meditate. You know, we we can't just clear our mind. We need to renew our mind. God says to renew our mind in God's word. Meditate on it, not just on Sunday, not just in your morning prayer. It says meditate on it when? Day and night. We only have two things. We have day and night. That's it. You know, the night turns into day and the day turns into night. God says meditate on it day and night. That means we need to be reading, thinking, pondering about God's word. You know, this morning I woke up, I had, I had all these dreams and I just thought, God, what, is, what are you saying to me? In the morning hours, I'm thinking about what God is doing. You know, you see, you drive down the road and you see creation and you're like, wow, God, like, this is amazing. Everything in our lives brings us back to who he is. And that's what we should be filling. So there's not room for junk because we're so focused on meditating on what God is doing, what God is saying, that we are full, full of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. You guys ever cleaned a room out? And you're like, I got it all cleaned out. And then what do you do after that room's cleaned out? You take all the stuff you clean and you pile it back in there but you just reorganize it to put it in there but trying when it when you come to to focusing 
we need to renew our mind, start to, sometimes it's just as simple as calling out and just saying the name of Jesus. Just, I need yeah. you right now. I can't get my thoughts together. I can't get my head wrapped around this situation. I'm going through um, trials and struggles. It's just calling out in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And, and if, you tr- if you do that, he will fill your mind. He will fill your thoughts. And it is an easier way than trying to say, I just need to get everything out of my head because it doesn't work. Yeah, and if you want to be full of good things, make sure you're putting good things there. Yeah. You know what? If I'm, you know, I, this, <laughs> I feel like you can scroll forever and you see a bunch of things and, and it's a bunch of junk. I'm I mean, I play a video game. I, play, yeah. I, I downloaded a game and I was like, I spent like three hours on this game. I, I deleted it the next day yeah. because was I'm like, no, it was like one of the, it was like a Candy yeah. Crush thing. I can't Back when we were it. younger, she used I to have an addiction to the Sims. Addiction. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Okay. You know, exactly, because, you know, it was just mindless. Now she just hits the but phone now, on her face. Um, you know, but, but that's exactly it. What's, what goes in there. Yeah. If, if it's this and, you know, someone is having an issue and they come to me and all I've done is play games 24 hours, I'll be like, I don't know, just put things together the same color. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What, what, what wisdom am I going to have for them if yeah. that's all that's in there? Yeah. But if I have the word of God and I says that you, you know what God's word says, that you'll live and not die. God says that, you know, given it'll be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, so men pour into the bosom. With the same measure you use, will be measured back to you. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. I'll just rotate. I know, you. I'm getting excited. You know, but I'm saying what's in there will come out. Yeah. So it's very important that we don't clear it. We decide what is going to come out. Yep. Whatever I put in. Whatever I put in is coming out. We have a, um, a friend of ours that um, she went to a college in Australia for um, something, and she, and she was actually swimming in the ocean, and um, tide waves came st- tide came in, and the waves started smashing her against the rocks and just shredding her hands and her arms and stuff like that because it's just it's all volcanic rock. And she says, I didn't realize it at the time, but I started to, to quote scripture and start to call out in the name of Jesus. And she goes, I didn't realize it was in me till I needed that at that moment. And I think that's the way it, uh, it should be for us is inputting it into our lives and dwelling on it and meditating on it until we need it. And those moments where I'm just, my head's a hot mess right now. I just mm-hmm. need to start calling the name of Jesus and start mm-hmm. to, to recall those things that w- have been in my head and that have been in my heart for this long. That's right. Come on. So, all right. So our next question is, what are some things you can do to put Christ at the center of your relationship with your spouse or significant other? All right. You know. Tell me how. Oh, let me give you some wisdom, dear okay. husband. <laughs> Almost fell wow. over. Did That's you see weird. that? Don't ever. Don't, please don't um, call me That would have been hilarious, though. Uh, just tell everyone I got slain in the spirit. <laughs> don't tell them that I fell off the stool. <laughs> But first thing is, is when we got married, everyone's like, it's a 50-50. I was like, this is crap. So what, I'm getting wait, half wait, 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 of everything wait, wait, all the time. Was so it, was it the, wait, got, the advice was crap or the marriage was crap? Well, both because the advice yeah, was bad. Yeah, you're right. Um, so I'm like. Yeah, I just wanted to clear that and up. I, I thought, oh, sure. yeah, 50-50, make 100. I'm like, so 50% of the time, you're gonna, I'm thinking, so if I ask you to put shoes away, you're going to put one shoe away and leave the other one for me to trip over? One sock's always going to be out of the hamper? The underwear going to be hanging half into the laundry basket and half out of the laundry basket? And so I always, I thought about that for years. I'm like, I don't like this advice. Someone wrote it in a card to us to our wedding. I threw that away now. But 
I'm she thinking, was like, I rebuke you, Satan. I thought, that's terrible advice. If I only am going to give half, 50% is failing grade, guys. So if you're giving 50%, you are failing your marriage. So, I th- so something is give to serve. Always try to put 100%. So on the days we're struggling and we can't give anything, the other person may be given 100 Sometimes you are only given 10%, but the other person's given no. And there's times where you're, they're struggling and you bring 100%. Yep. Your goal is to serve each other. First learn that, you know what, I'm, I'm bringing everything I can each day. Some days I might not be able to, and God said, that's why I gave you a helpmate. They're bringing it today. So they're carrying I, you with me today. So that means and, I have to put both socks in the laundry basket. Yeah. <laughs> that is recorded. Dang it. <laughs> I'll play that back. Boop. Fun times. And the next there's, day, a, yeah, there's a delete button, right, Jordan? No. Okay, thanks. All right. Jordan. <laughs> who, All right. You know, when you need something, who, if you and Jade need help, who's going to come? Matt or me? Yeah. <laughs> Remember that. Yeah, okay. I'll be like, Sarah, go. Who blew up a thousand balloons with you yesterday and couldn't breathe? Was it Matt? No, it was not. I was crawling through an attic, doggone it. Um, anyway, moving on. <laughs> Anyway. That's what you get. So the next thing is have good communication. And we talked about Kylo. That was a book that we um, spoke about last week. And it really just teaches you how to have good communication. It's called Keep Your Love On. And it's like how do we, how do we both show up powerful where no one's the aggressor, no one's the victim, no one's the savior. Because we like to get those roles. Oh, they're the bad person and, and I'm the victim and I need someone. And I'll tell someone all the bad things so that they'll come and save me from this, you know, big evil person. When really, you know... We can all be powerful. We can learn how to set good boundaries, how to communicate. You know, many years ago, I think it was a lot harder. But now I'm like, no, I just don't like that. You know, you're not going to speak to me like that. And then sometimes we get met. You know what I mean? We work. Ask us it. about our boundaries. Sometimes you would not believe. Sometimes we cross them, and it gets it gets messy. And then we got to go clean it up. And then That's there's sometimes there's a slap fight in the living room. You know, no, I don't, there no, I'm is just, not. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm this kidding. This guy. You got to set a boundary there. Oh, I did what? something. No slap sorry. fights. No. Um, he's joking about I'm that. Joking. But, um, and then Lana the third... and I have slap fights every now and then. But no. <laughs> just, I don't know what... I'm joking. Yeah. No. <laughs> Please get that on record. I don't know why. He... I'm joking. What? Yeah, he also I he like doesn't to know how to... I you guys on your toes. Make you wonder. Anyway, okay. moving on. Anyways, so I'll finish this one up. You're having yeah, a little you're... trouble with communication no, right not. now. Um, <laughs> so, and of course, we need to make sure we're doing Christ's kingdom things together slap fighting is not one of them um oh my gosh turn your chair around and start again okay so first (laughs) so if you're gonna have good boundaries and relationships with your spouse first of all is you have to go to church together or do do at least try to yeah and you're like oh why doesn't you know it doesn't seem like you know my my spouse you know has to treat me like you know the bride of christ you know like he's supposed to treat me well you can still go to if, church and act like the Wicked Witch of the West. But, but I mean, I'm saying if like, you're not doing Christ things together, worship, read yeah. your Bible, serve, give, and you're expecting, why isn't this person acting Christ-like to me and they have Christ in them? Do they? Are you, are you setting that as a standard? Is that a boundary? Like, you know what? I'm a child of God and you are not going to act or treat me that way. We have yeah. a right to stand. And so when you're like, we just don't know why our life's all messed up. Well, is Christ at the center? Yeah. I, well, I mean, the is, great is one is, is Lana. She had a standard. And there was boy after boy like, hey, girl, how you doing? She's like, nope, nope, nope. And finally one met that criteria that was going to. And she's like, yep, 
Job, Jordan. Um, but you know, there was literally a line, like we're talking like 15, 20 long, would come up and say hi to me, like, oh, I like Lana. I'm like, well, why are you telling me? I'm her mom. I can't decide that for her. You I know seen what? you in church. You got, Good luck. That was the one thing. So we had, all, you know, before um, she started dating, it was like all these kids would come to church because she said, don't even speak to me if you're not. Because if you're not there, that's, that's the first criteria to get you in the door. You can say hi to me at church. Yep. <laughs> you know, I'm busy doing my work other times. So that's, I mean, and you think that's where we need to start. We need to do that in our marriages and stuff too. It's like, well, I'm tired. I want to sleep in. But what example are you being for your bride or your groom? And your bride should be your bride forever. We, I'm 20 years your bride. Yeah. Going on 21. Yeah. yeah. So if I sleep you in, is that bad? Depends on if it's a Sunday. I mean, if you're supposed to preach and you don't show up here, <laughs> it might be a problem. We'd, yeah. we'd kind of have a problem. Yeah. But, you know, we've, we've, we've put our foundation there. And so we love being together after yeah. 20 years. I know she's going to take care of stuff in the morning, and I'm going to take care of stuff at night because she's in bed, by 930, she's like, you know. And I'm up till like, you know, one in the morning, so. Yeah. So, I mean, just putting Christ together. I remember something that we did. I want to share this um, before we go. It's really good. Um, He, I don't know if this is like a young teenage guy thing. Those of you that are younger, because we met, you were 18 when we met, 20 when we married. And I was just a child of 17. (laughs) And I was just a teenager when I I got married. I was 19. No, uh, he did used to pick me up from school. Yep. <laughs> I don't know that. Anyway. But, um, so, but something we did, he's like, oh, I don't like reading. I don't want to read this. So um, I started reading every night. I would read books like um, I love. Uh, we used to read His Needs, Her Needs, which is a really awesome one about, you know, marriage and, and coming together. And we would read a chapter because he's like, I don't want to read. So I'm like, well, I'm going to show up with 100% and I'm going to read it because I want this for my life. I want this for our marriage. I want this for not that our I generations. I wasn't active in it. I like, it was easier for her to read for me so I could listen to it because I learn by listening. I hear things and I can, I can do it. So it was and great I've, for her to read And we found me. that a lot. So find what works and yeah. don't be like, well, they just, we just don't like reading. Well, you know what? You, nowadays with technology, you can hear anything. Did you know that there's a I thing mean, called Audible? There is. And you can listen to books. It's and the best. TV and, and, and everything. So, I mean, find out how to get that yep. into your lives. So that's and I read now. Just, yeah, you do. Yeah, just not like you read. Yeah. Anyway, all right, where were we? Um, well, well that's, I want to say something on that because, you know, I actually had dyslexia. I could not read. They wanted to hold me back. And you know what? God healed me from that, and I can read. I can read a novel in a day. I can read so much. I was like, God, I want to be able to read your word when I got saved when I was a teenager. And I went from not being able to barely read it all to I am super proficient and, you know, passed, you know, I passed all of my English classes after that with, like, you know, amazing scores. And I thought, that's what God does. I said, Lord, I want to know what you're saying. So I got to know your word. And so that's just something fun. That's why I like to read. Where right. were we at? I missed So the, we're, we're on a new question. Let's do a new question. Okay. Yeah. So how do I spread the love of God and the word of God in the place, excuse me, in a place where people don't want anything to do with God? That's a... A lot that can of places. Be tough. That's a lot of places. Um, might be your place of employment. It might yeah. be your place of education. It might be your household. Yep. Um, so that can be 
that can be tough because you don't want to be that, you know, person on the soapbox in the middle of work preaching that the end is coming and y'all need to repent for your sins. Um, it can be, that can be very off-putting to people. And mm-hmm. a lot of times people are going to be like, this dude's crazy, this person's crazy. I don't want to hear what they have to say because there's no relation in it. Yeah, if, you look at the, if you look at the scripture, scripture is relational. Mm-hmm. How did Jesus talk to his disciples and, and explain to them what was happening? It was through relationship. Yeah, relationship. Um, the, and that's the easiest way. I'm not saying that you can't do open-air preaching. I'm just saying to... Um, there are other... Yeah. I think the first thing is, is um, we got to plant some seeds. We can't yeah. just think we're going to always every day go for a harvest. We got to plant some seeds. That means make sure that you're living out the fruits of the spirit. You know, are you loving? Are you joyful? Are you a peaceful person to be around? Do you have patience and and kindness? You know, is there goodness flowing from your life? Are you faithful? You know, are you when you have to deal with them? How's your gentleness? You know, are you self-controlled? When everyone says you have to work overtime at work, are you, you know, dropping the F-bomb with everybody else and complaining? And then you want to the next day be like, well, you know, I just want to tell you about Jesus. They're like, well, Jesus was swearing yesterday. What are we doing today? You know what I mean? Like, do we have self-control? Yeah, we might be frustrated we have to work. I remember one time I worked at a juvenile detention facility, and there you can't just leave. There's kids you got to take care of. And I had to work 16 hours, and I was like, oh, I get to go home. They're like, oh, there's a snowstorm. Guess what? You're going to work 24 hours. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I thought, you know what, Lord? At least I'm safe. And you know what? Actually, I had three kids come to the Lord get saved in that 24-hour period. Uh, So it was kind of cool. So I thought, okay, God, you know what you're doing. I could have yelled and complained and been like, I quit this job. I don't need this. You know what? You, You better pay me overtime. But God said, fruits of the Spirit, when they show up, that opens a door for you to act, for people to actually say, what's in you that's different? Even though they may not want it, you're going to continue to live according to that because you may go down the line. There could be a hundred people that you run into and they are put off by the spirit of the Lord. But then there's the one. Yeah. I think then a, there's the one. I think a lot of that to, to minister to people in the places you work, it has to come with empathy and compassion. You have to, you, there's times where like people are yeah. talking to me at work and I'm like, I don't really know what you're talking about, but giving them an ear to have a communication because yeah. You know, I, I work with tech support, so I talk to almost everybody in our company almost every day, or at least 50% of them. And you have to just let them vent sometimes about the problem that you know will take two seconds to fix. And you're just like, you but know, frustrated. You, yeah, yeah, they're frustrated. You ha- and you have to just listen to them. And sometimes it may be, depending on where you work, it may be them going off and, and, you know, using every word under the sun, but you just have to let them speak sometimes and then just give them compassion. Yeah. So I and think just allow them to, to vent. And then what happens is it builds in. a rapport. Because mm-hmm. there's times where, like, I've got people that, like, they, I only call you because you, I know you're not going to <laughs> yell at me. be like, well, that was stupid. Why'd you do that? I might be thinking it in my head, but I won't say it to them. <laughs> and that's the thing is, like, being compassionate is you might think that that was stupid, but not saying to that to them. You on it. So, yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing is, is not worrying about what they want. Like, yeah. they don't want it. Well, that doesn't matter how you show up. Yeah. It's still your job to show up like the your kingdom. Jo- yeah. your it's job still is your bring, job Yeah, Your to job do is that. to bring Jesus no matter if they want it or not. It's not your job to force it on them. It's your job to carry it 
And think about this. Jesus was actually asked to leave multiple places. Mm-hmm. So, they didn't like him very much. Yeah, they didn't like him very much because he was, he was changing the way they thought. So um, if you just carry him with you, carry the Holy Spirit with you, it will start to change the atmosphere because you're going to respond differently. You're going to talk differently. I used to work in a factory, and this dude would just up and down. There was words I, I like, did you make up that swear word? I don't know. How, I've never heard that swear word before. He's and a he swear cunt here. Yeah, he was, he, was like, he was like the encyclopedia of swear. And he would use every word. I'm like, oh, that, you use those words together. I've never heard that one together. And I would just um, not say anything. And he would eventually, he'd be like, he would swear. And then he'd turn, over, turn to me and say, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm yeah. swearing. And it was because he knew that I didn't. It wasn't that I was like, I'm a Christian. I don't swear. Yeah. He learned that I didn't swear. Through your actions. Just through how just you what carried I did. yourself. And he would turn to me and say, I'm so sorry. I, I shouldn't have said that by you. And it started to change how he responded to the situations that we were in and the, and the things that would happen um, throughout the day. And he, you know, it would still happen, but he would turn and say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. Or I shouldn't have said that in front of you. Well, because it's not our job to make people get it. Our job is, not get people, is, is to not make people repent and um, call on the name of the Lord Jesus. Our job is to help them get to that point. It's, it's God's got job to grow people. Yep. You know, he sends us out as ambassadors, and, and we can't make anyone listen to wisdom. It's our job to carry the fruits of the Spirit. It's our job to set good boundaries. Don't let people abuse you. Don't let people, you know, walk all over you and, and harm you. I'm not saying that. We have to set these boundaries in, in, in these places, in our schools, in our work, and, and home, even home environments, you know, and have a goal of connection with people. Our goal is to connect. Um, and this way they're seeing the good things about God in Christ. Not everyone has the right to be in your growing areas. Not everybody gets to come into your home and see you on your bad days and your bad moments when, when you're struggling, right? So, and, and I think that's where we think people are like, well, you're not a Christian. You did one bad thing. Because we're bringing our growing areas, the areas that God is, is still working on us, we're bringing them to areas we shouldn't be. They should not be in the middle of, you know, the, the grocery store throwing a tantrum because they're out of something, right? That, that's not a place to show your growing area. You know, at home you might go and say, I came every day to get this at the store and it wasn't there. You know, you might, you might say that to your spouse some at home. But throwing a fit in the middle of... You know, grocery store, not, not the greatest. So we need to know that not everyone needs to be in our growing areas. Um, you know, and we need to show love with boundaries and make room so that if they ever want God, there is a clear and easy and open gate for, for them to get to him. You know, be a good gatekeeper for someone. You know, don't put someone on a leash and try to drag them. Be a good gatekeeper. So if they all of a sudden have a question, you have the gate ready and open. Yeah. They can come in, hear the word of God. They can hear about Jesus. Their life can be transformed. They can call on the name of the Lord and be saved. Yeah. If you, yeah. It talks about Jesus stands at the door and knocks. Mm-hmm. He's knocking at every one of our hearts. Even when we're saved, he's still knocking at our hearts saying, give me a little bit more. Give me a little bit yeah. more. Open that door in this area. And I think our job is to just walk uh, uh, show them a godly life because he's knocking at the heart of everyone's um, knocking at the door of everyone's heart and he's yep. want, waiting for them just to open that door. So I think our job is just to live that life and if they need something, you, you pray with them if they want to, but he's going to work on them. Yeah. And it's not our job to, to force feed them the gospel. It's our job to represent Christ well and he will 
continue to sometimes knock a little harder on their door. Yeah. So the next question, why is it important to come to church? All right. we want to see your beautiful faces. Because you guys are beautiful, yeah. Even well, you, Jerry. I think it's because God's I word, like he says to do it. In Hebrews 10, 10, 25, it says, Not forsaking our meetings together as believers for worship and instruction, as in the habit of some, but encourage one another and all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ returning and approach. And then you jump down to Matthew eighteen twenty. It says, For wherever two or three are gathered, now here's the piece that a lot of Christians like to leave out, in my name, right? Meeting together as my followers, I am there among them. Because, you know, we can say, oh, well, we can have church anywhere. Well, can you have church if you're, having, if, if you're cheating on your spouse and you're meeting together with, with someone else? Mm, Two are nice. gathered, right? You think that's church? Oh, no. we're, you know what? We're out here sinning together. God, you know, this must be church because we're hanging out. Oh, we're fooling around. We're doing something fun. You know, that's, that's good. It's the word of God. It says, in my name. That is the key of what church is. You know, you can have two or three come together in my We have name. arguments, and we're gathered together as a husband He's and just wife. really stuck on this argument. No, Do you want to no, have I'm one right now? We have arguments. God is there going, what are you both doing? Yeah, like God, God's, it's not, God's it's, like, this ain't church. Yeah. This is you guys cleaning up some mess. Yeah. But that's, that's where the thing is. It's important to come to church, and we don't need to make excuses of, like, this is church and this isn't. God says where two or three are gathered in his name, he is there among them. You know, sometimes when... If, if we're gathering together in sin, God's looking down like, mm, that you know what, that isn't glorifying me. Because we come to worship the Lord. That's what it's about, coming to worship the Lord. And God says, I want you to come together. Don't forsake those meeting times. It's beneficial to you. You know, we are kingdom, not a dictatorship. You know, we, we are a kingdom. We are here to serve each other. We are here to look for those who need kingdom family which is all of us. <laughs> um, you know, we're build up, encourage, take care of each other, love each other. You know, God says to do it. It will benefit you. So that should be enough. Americans, though, we're like, you can't tell me what to do. And God's like, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm just trying to tell you what will benefit you and will make you actually part of the kingdom of God. We have, we have it way too easy. Um, People split churches over what color seat pads they want, what color carpeting they want. Which way are we going to do worship? Which way are we going to do this? And they will split a church because of that. And it's like, I don't really think that is how God intended to uh, grow churches and to make more churches by churches splitting over opinion. And I think we get so focused on a lot of the other stuff that we need to start to focus on God when we come to church instead of, well, they did this way. They don't do it this way. I like this. They don't like this. And then we argue about it and we just decide to, to make a whole nother church because of it. Mm, yeah. We, we can't make excuses to fit our liking. God says, do it. Sometimes we just have to say, God said it in his word. So we need to do it. How many of you guys have ever had God tell you to do something and you didn't like it? Like four, you're all... Y'all a bunch of liars. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> God will tell you to do things that you don't like, and sometimes... Or it, I wouldn't even say it. we don't like it. Sometimes our flesh doesn't like it. You well, know yeah, what I mean? I'm just saying there's when, things when, where you're when, like, oh, do I have to do that? When and God's have, like, yes, I need you to do that because I'm asking you to be obedient. When God says give or serve or go here or, you know, rise early and, and, and you know, stay late or do all these things. I hate it when things. he tells me to rise when early. When the Lord says, you know, pray without ceasing, 
um, when he says, you know, the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus and you have to call on the name of the Lord, you know, and all these things. Sometimes we don't like that. And, and so sometimes I think we just need to know what God's word says and know that if he's saying it, it's always going to be beneficial to us. Yeah. If he's asking us to do something, it is not just because God's like, I'm big and powerful. Everyone serve me. God is, is you know, he doesn't need our, aff- our affirmation. He just, you know, we, he loves it when we love him, yeah. but he doesn't cease to be God. He's not Tinkerbell. It's like, I believe, I believe. It doesn't happen that way. You know what I mean? We come together and God says, I created the church for yeah. you guys, for each other. He did that for us, not even necessarily for himself, for us. And I, and to, I also, for each other. And I also think we live in a fall, we live in, with people who aren't perfect. So when we go to church and we're expecting perfect people, we are not Sorry. perfect. Nobody. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna, uh, you're gonna have sin in your life at moments. You're going to have, you know, uh, bad days, good days. But we, if we go to church and we're looking for the bad things instead of saying, are they focused on Jesus? Well, and you going to church could be the reason someone has a good day. Yeah. You could be someone's good day that day. You could be, you could release a word that brings life to them. That you could be that person. God's like, I actually sent you, you know, I mean, he did it all the time. He sent out, you know, people to preach the gospel all, all across the earth. And it's like to somebody, that person changed their eternity because they shared Jesus. And if you you talk about it, it talks about encouraging and building up of the saints. We're, we're called to encourage each other and build each other up. Yep. So we're going to move on so we can get, because we have a few more questions and we want to make sure that we're not keeping you guys too late. So. All right. Why do bad things happen? Why do bad things happen? If you have a child, they have asked you this. If you are justice oriented, you've asked yourself this and you've asked God this. So first of all, we are not perfect. Nobody's perfect. We live in a fallen world. We live Mm -hmm. where sin is. Um, The enemy, he has a plan for every one of us. It's just whether we uh, fall into that plan or choose to follow that plan. Uh, Destruction, deception, pain sickness, suffering. We live here, but we don't have to be of this world. Jesus said, we are, you're going to have uh, trials and tribulations, but don't be of the world, be in the world. You know, and I I think that is why do bad things happen? You know, we live in a fallen world, but we know that all good things come from God. So God didn't do this. God's not like, I'm going to make you sick and I'm going to make you poor and I'm going to do this. You know, God planned for everything to be like the garden. Man chose, man chose to submit to the enemy. Yeah. And that's, and that's where, cause if God, if all good things come from God, then all evil things come from the enemy. Yeah. And uh, if we have to recognize where they're coming from. Yeah. So when we say, God, if you really loved us, why this bad thing happened? God didn't do it. The enemy did, yeah. you know, all good things come from the Lord. All bad things come from the enemy. You know, God is good. You get a lot of people like, well, why did God allow this sickness to happen? Well, God doesn't allow this to happen. There's rules and regulations that God can't even break because he, he has set them in place. And he won't break you know, his own And he won't break rules. his own rules. But he says he knows that if we can call on the name of the Lord, that there is power in that. God can, God can uh, change um, facts into truth. Mm-hmm. And I think people are like, well, God, why did sickness happen? And why did God do this to us? God doesn't do that. God doesn't say, oh, well, I'm just going to make them sick. People think that God made Job sick and allowed Job sick to teach him a, a, a deep lesson. And, 
It God did said, teach him a, it taught, taught him a lesson, lesson, but God, God said, you know, it. Satan, you can do this, but I guarantee you, Job will still come back, will call on me, will and still be faithful and still be loyal. And so when sickness mm -hmm. happens, you have to look and say, you know what, we live in a world that is run by the devil. Mm -hmm. But we have a higher power. We have Jesus. We have the blood of Jesus, which mm -hmm. conquers everything, Victory. which covers everything. Yeah. You know, and we know that Christ is coming back. And when he does, we no longer have to submit to the natural order of, of this earth. You know, but even if we don't see Jesus in our lifetime, you know what? We still have the assurance of heaven. So even if bad things are happening here, we still can hold on to the truth, whether we see it in our lifetime or whether we see it in heaven, that God is good and all goodness, you know, comes from him. And so when bad things happen, we need to look and say, you know what, this ain't God. Yeah. And call and say, God, I need some comfort. I need some peace right now. I, I need you to come in and, and bring some healing for me because, you know, what? I know you're the only one who can. That's that's good. Oh, you already flipped the page. I was getting... I'm like All right. three seconds ahead of you there. So why do we lift our hands in worship? Okay, y'all aren't going to get offended right at the Word of God when, okay, I, when so I read it. I'm going to ask you this question. When uh, a person of authority that has a hat, a nightstick, and a gun says, points a gun at you, what do you do? Or says, put, <laughs> put your hands up. It's an authority thing. They say, put your hands up because we're gonna, going to arrest you. But God doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. But listen... You put your hands up because there's an authority giving you a authority. directive to do that. And so um, as followers of Christ, we are under authority of mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. We submit ourselves over to, to him. And if he says to raise your hands, you raise your hands. Yeah. It says, you know, in Psalms it says, So I will bless you as long as I live in your name. I will lift up my hands. In another Psalm it says, Every day I call upon you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. And at the and at the evening sacrifice, I rose from my fasting and my garment and my cloak torn and fell upon my knees and spread out my hands to the Lord my God, let us lift up our hearts and our hands in, to God in heaven. So there's, and that's Lamentation, Ezra, Psalms, Psalms, Psalms. There's five places in God's word that he says that. So this is basically the basics of lift, why we lift our hands in worship. It's being obedient to God. God said do it. God said do it over and over. It's a blessing to God. You're saying, God, you are amazing. And so you know, it's also a... a, a Symbol of submission. Mm -hmm. When when a, a police officer tells you to raise your hands, you're doing what he says because yep. you're submitting to that authority. And you and what we God do is, is when we we're, we're recognizing God and Jesus mm -hmm. as our, our authority, and we're saying, you know, what? we submit our lives to you. We submit ourselves to you. Yep. We're giving you praise. We're giving you glory. Yep. And it talks about in, in um, Revelation that they are going to the elders are going to cast their crowns mm -hmm. before Lord, yep. and it's basically saying, I surrender myself to you. Yeah, like we do when salvation comes. Highest. What do we do? We we surrender. we say we surrender our life to you. We mm -hmm. give our life to you. This is just an outward like, yep. outward expression of us resurrending our resurrendering ourselves to Jesus while while we're worshiping. Yeah, when you said outward expression, it's a visible expression of our hearts. Yep. If you're like, well, people shouldn't judge my heart. 
you know what? When we do that, we're showing people what's in our hearts. You know, it's a form of prayer and communication with God. We're honoring him, like Matt said, because he is, you know, authority. We're honoring God with our bodies, not just our mind and our spirit. And really, it's for everyone and should be part of our worship, corporate, public, and private. It's not really a personality thing or a preference thing. It's a God thing. It's a God thing. And and as his children, it should be part of our lives. Yeah. And we can say, well, you know, the Old Testament says this, the New Testament says this. We, we can split hairs, but here's the thing is, and not everybody is that way. Some people are more reserved in worship. Some people are not. But I think it's just getting yourself into that mindset. And I think when you, when you uh, position yourself before God and you surrender yourself, I think there's just, it just comes naturally because you're just in awe in what he has done, what he um, continues to do and who he is. I think you just naturally just want to say, I want more of this. Yeah. And I think, I want more of God. I think the more you, you get into his word, the more you realize like, wow, this, this is why we do this. And it's not, I'm forced to do this. It's like, I can't help, but submit. I don't care if I look silly. I don't care about any of that. I was holding your guys's baby this morning and I was worshiping and I had my hand up and he grabbed my hand and then he started putting his hands up. How old is your child? Eight months old, and because he was created by God, has an understanding of that. Eight months old. Yep. Um, because you know what? It's not a physical thing. It is a spiritual thing. It is an expression of your heart. And you know what? A baby doesn't have all the junk we have, all like, someone's going to look at me. You know, if you got to start, just start like this. <laughs> Do the, like, slip it into my hand thing. You can, I'm just going to pretend to stretch, hand. and if I think people are judging me, like, and then, then you can oh, like, just leave it there. <laughs> See what and then you can just do a, like a, a midway high five. Just give me the give me five. You know, slip me slip me five dollars. And then it can be like, oh, I'm, I'm scratching my head. You know, you know. You know, it's okay. You know, and here's where church is the place where it, it should be, be the most the comfortable. But I mean, sometimes at home, I'm just in my bathroom. I just I just got my hand up because I'm like, Lord, you I know, remember, my day. I just need you. I remember I'm just when, submitting to him. And I think for us, it was. It was natural for us. We were both that way. We just kind of naturally raised our hands. I, I remember, you know, as you a kid raising You naturally raised your hands? I didn't know that about See, you. I can do like it. when you were a kid. Yeah. I'm zestfully clean. No, um, but watching our kids do that, our kids saw us and they emulated that, yeah. even though they didn't understand a lot of what it was in the in the mindset of it, but they understood their spirit, the knew. spirit, their heart, spiritual part of it. I remember our kids dancing around in nightgowns with praise and worship music, and they doing somersaults. It's and, just cute. And dancing around because they saw parents do it, and they and they started to understand as they grew what it was. So if you're wondering, like, why don't my kids worship? Well, do you worship? Why are yep. my kids struggling in this area? You know, are we submitting to the Lord? So we have two questions left. I promise we'll get through them. Do you have a word, John? You sound like you have a word. Great, I got it from the Bible, so. Come on. That's right, come on, that's a good word. That's New Testament, so if we're splitting hairs, Old New Testament, God said in the New Testament too. Come on. Well, that's true, right? Because God's let, you know, let God be true and every man a liar. So God's word says so. All right, next we're going to talk about, hey, baby, we're talking about the tide. Talking about t- okay, that's not, no. Please I, don't that, ever sing that song. Hey, come All on. Right. I got to keep, yeah. you taught anyway. me that. Song. Hey, I didn't teach you that. 
We we discovered it together when we were not. No, living. you taught no. me that song. <sighs> Do I have to take responsibility? But I for have wisdom to change the words and take it back yes, for the anyway. Lord. Moving on. Anyway. Why do we tithe? That's yes. the next question. First of all, God asked us to. If you look at Old Testament, we talked about this, the sacrifice. That was the first of their uh, first fruits. They brought, as farmers, brought the first crop to yep. God. Um, you know, we're not all farmers. We don't all go out in the field and, har- and sow and reap and, and, you know, harvest. But it's come to a point now where we work for what we have and money. And it's a, it's a heart thing to give without yeah. expectation of giving. You yeah. know, I, I think sometimes we, we want to give to God, but we, we want uh, something in return, and, and God doesn't want that. He, he wants someone who gives out of mm-hmm. um, a, a non-expecting heart. Yeah, and the, and the tithe, just when we give, it just allows us to serve the kingdom and do outreach and help, you know, which leads people to the kingdom, you know, and it's just a ministry tool. So just it's just good. I've never... Um, God doesn't force us. Nobody's at the door being like, you don't get to hear the word of God if you don't do this. It just changes your heart. And I think it, it, you know, I think it's made us live in freedom, being able to do that and just seeing how many people have come into the kingdom because, you know, we gave. Yeah. And, and a so, lot of people are like, oh, I can't afford to give. I can't afford to tithe. Can't afford not to sometimes. And it's like, you know, I, it's not even it, that you, once you get into that mindset of this is not my money anyway. This is God's. You're, you know, it, you think about this. Mine is the God's, jobs yeah. that you have, God, who gave you that job? Did you go up and, and talk to everybody and say, you need to give me this job? Where do you, you know, I, my job, I prayed, God gave me a job, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think when we start to say that everything. He gave of, us the skills yeah, that we have. I think to be every able time to you look and say, this is wisdom. the ability I have, God has given me this ability, whether you, whatever you do, and start to say, you know, God gave me this job. You know, it's like our kids. We surrender our kids to God and say, this is my my child. I give them to you. Teach me how to raise them up yep. so that they are good, good to you and not the way I want them. But when we tithe, it's simply everything I have is God's. Yep. If God told me to give away my shoes, I'd give away my shoes. If he told me to give away money, I'd give away money. It's because we just are surrendering Time, ourselves, yep. saying, God, tell me what to do with it. And the tenth is just a small, minute uh, portion of it and saying, God, take with the first fruit and do what you want with it. And, and God just, it's just something in the natural expectation. that God did. There's things, you know, that just show our heart. Yep. I think the main thing God is constantly doing is, is he's always working on that connection with us and building the kingdom. And so he does that so many different ways. And that's just one, that's just one way. So, all right, final question that we have, and then we'll let you guys, Deborah, you have a word from the Lord? Well, and you think, that, yeah. And I've never really understood that. Like, what, what, why would you do that? Why would you put him through all that? He's just like, never mind, I'm just kidding, you know. But he needed to see that heart. That's right. Yeah. 
No, but you know what? But you know, you don't you don't feel like that. But it's basically we can't allow fear. We can't aff- allow fear in our own mindset. Like I said, it's it's what God is doing. And when our own mindsets come in, we do not have the mind of you know. We do not know everything that God is doing. And when we try to figure out, God's like, I need to know your heart because we are going to come into we're going to come into difficult moments. We're going to come under attack. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And you know, God's like, I need to know where your heart is because He has a plan and a purpose. You know, plans to prosper us. He, he gives us a destiny, and He's like, I need to know your heart. Yeah. And he uses things like that to bring our heart out because sometimes we realize, oh, man, it, I didn't realize like, that like was a problem with my heart. Servants. You know, the one servant gets one, the other one gets three, the other one gets five. And it's all about our heart condition. Are we willing to say, you know what, I'm going to be faithful in the little because if you're faithful in little, he'll give you much. Yeah, and it just And then you'll be faithful in much. And I think for us, it's just about looking at it and saying, can I be faithful with 10%? It's really not a whole lot. And it's just it's just another thing God says in his word, and we just need to follow. We're going to move on just because on time, but hopefully. I just, I just want to finish up. Oh, okay. So, like, like how that was his only son. Like, he didn't think about what he was going to lack. Yeah. This is literally my only son. Yeah. It says just provided for, and they named that Mount Moriah mm-hmm. He wasn't just provided for, he was blessed like generationally. Mm-hmm. It said, you know, as many as the stars in the heavens. So it, it, eternally, basically, his generational line was continued to go because God said, when you give me one, I give it all. And then God said, and I'm giving you that back. And that's what God does, I think, yeah. too. So, all right, last question, because um, I know that we're kind of running late, but we don't want to do a whole nother week for one question. So, <laughs> How can I become involved in church? All right, so I think the first thing is, you know, kingdom is just the first way to serve is just following the word of God. You know, we need to have that mindset. The first thing is we want to be involved. That means be involved, not just in church, the physical, like we're here, but be involved in, involved in church. The, the kingdom of God is, you know, we need to have that mindset. The first is last and the last is first. Our, our first when we're saved, what happens is God begins to renew our mind the more we're in his word. And, and we just naturally have a servant's heart because Christ had a servant's heart. So we, I mean, over the years, I just think of, you just begin to think of like, how can I serve in this situation? Any situation you go into, that servant part comes out instead of that yep. self-preservation, me, me, me first. So I think it is first making sure we're following the word of yeah. God. Um, and then second, it would be um, get involved. Like it's, it's not about, you know, we talked about this earlier. Why do we come to church? Why do we have, it's for the benefit of other people. So when we are serving in church and we're getting volunteering in church, it's not for your benefit. It's for the benefit of other people. So people come in the mornings to set up chairs and to mop the floor and whatever we have to do when we come in here. But it's not for our benefit. It's for the benefit of the people that show up after we're here. So that way you have a place to sit. Can you imagine if you just walked in one day and there was no chairs? You'd be like, uh, do we have to stand? Do we have to sit Indian style on the floor? What do we have to do? We set up chairs not for our benefit, it's for your benefit, and it's for the kingdom. 
Yeah. And so just getting involved in, in it can be the littlest things yep. or, the, or, or the biggest things. It can be, you might say, you know what, right now my schedule is really busy. What can I do? Well, can you pray? Can you, can you commit to praying 15 minutes for the, you know, a day, you know, yep. for this community, this body, you know, and then we, when we serve, guess what? You have less time to do judge other people and get offended. <laughs> because you're busy serving you know what i mean when you're serving you have less time to be like i don't like how they did these chairs why are we in a cafeteria why didn't they get enough hot chocolate why can't we have donuts oh look at them why are they dressed like that why are they doing that because you're setting up chairs and you're making coffee and you're saying hi to people and you're watching people's kids you don't have time to go and critique every little thing that doesn't matter Oh, I did it. Did I say that part out loud? That last part that doesn't matter. What you like really doesn't matter. But you matter. said it with it's a smile, so it made everything better. <laughs> See? I learned, you know, yeah. the Lord, you know, the Lord says speak speak the truth but with love. That's the thing is when we come together corporately and we serve, we're not just serving each other, we're serving God mm-hmm. because we're we're ministering to each other. And we're, we're working with each other, and we have a common goal. And what is that common goal? It's to see the kingdom advance. It's see people saved. It's see people's lives change. It's see people yeah. um, healed and set free. And so when we come together corporately, we're there to build each other up, bring joy to each other, and bring joy to Christ. Because when he sees us working together, he sees that his kingdom is advancing, and that brings joy to him to see us being together. Because we're called the body of Christ. And, you know, when you see your bride coming, if there's like a mangled piece... And be like, okay, like, why is this arm trying to run? This leg's trying to run away from the altar. This one's trying to run there. That would be weird, right? We'd all be like, I don't know what's happening. You know, but when we come together, it says we're going to be presented as That's a, a bride without blemish. Like, if yeah. you come. I think that the, sometimes the church turns into the runaway bride. We're like, oh, this is, we're doing this for Jesus. But really, is it for Jesus? Or is it for us to look good? Is it for us to to get uh, notoriety and recognition. It's not about that. We come to church and we become involved in church because we're serving each other. And we're serving community and we're serving people that we're never going to meet. Yeah. Yeah. How many people that we've ministered to and we've never even talked to them. We've just said, you know what, we're going to come together, we're going to tie them, we're going to give. Believing all over, all over the earth or, you know, think, or bringing something that you heard and someone yeah. built up and encouraged you and then you take it out and, and you share it somewhere else. It is important. God says to come together, to, to get involved because we're the kingdom and, and, um, and that's what he asked us, of yeah. us. So, you know, this is, this is what we've done, the, you know, with these questions. I hope that it really... Um, did this did this bless you guys in some of that? Like, because these are your guys' questions. Because sometimes it's hard to ask those. It's like, because we're afraid. Because you know what? Humans, we're all like, I'm going to judge you. Don't ask a question out loud. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, stupid. You should have known that. And that's what we do to each other. So then it's like, I don't want to ask that question. I like, I don't know the, these questions because I, I don't do care too. if you don't like like I, you know, when we went through if I these, answer a question and you don't like the answer, I'm not giving you my opinion. Personality. We're gonna give. We're yeah, gonna, anyway. we we took these questions. That's why we had you guys do it weeks ago, so that we could go into God's Word. We could find these. We could have Scripture. We could pray about them. We could use what God's Word says because that needs to be the foundation. Continually set the foundation. So let's pray, and so that these guys. We went a little late. The kids, but they sound quiet, so they yeah. must be having and a good time. Before we pray, I was gonna say if there was a question that wasn't in there and you didn't put one in, shame on you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, 
Now we're never getting questions. If you didn't get answered and you have a question, come talk to us. We're willing to spend three hours discussing it. You know, we are. No, he's willing to spend three hours. We'll answer a question if you have another question. I mean, we're willing to spend three hours at certain times, but don't call me at one o'clock in the morning and be like, hey, just wondering, how did God create the world? I'll be like, Genesis 1, read it, good night. Click. We used to we used to do that until we realized, you know, that's not healthy boundaries. That's yep. teaching people yeah. how to be a victim. And so and I said, you may call me. Because they were in our home. It's like, you need to go home because I have to go to work in five hours. You so need to get leave. out of my bed Yes. and watch TV in the living room like normal children. Anyway, the word of the Lord. Let us, <laughs> let's pray before we go on. So, 